this land is the land of opportunity. And yes, that's true. But if you don't take advantage of certain opportunities, you just become complacent. You're good with a paycheck. Hey guys, welcome, welcome. This is the Plan Your Company podcast. We're going to be talking about personal journey, professional growth, and business success, and finding our purpose and voice as entrepreneurs. We want to uncover real issues that hold us back and ways to push forward despite them. We will challenge each other to become the best version of ourselves, both personally and professionally, as we all evolve to grow and even test our own human potential. Join me, Sandra Noemi Torres, as we uncover real solutions that will help us cross into thriving and succeeding individuals and business owners. Experience breakthroughs, lessons learned, and support as we grow our influence and maximize our impact. that you feel is the biggest need within the Latino community? What's missing and and how do we, what's the big need? That's a great question. And I would dare to say one of the biggest needs that we have is this lack and gap in education. And so it's not just, you know, and I tell people all the time, it's not just completing grammar school in high school and it's not just getting by. No, it's why can't you be the doctor, the lawyer. Why can't you be the architect? Why can't you be the scientific engineer that's you know flying to the moon? Why can't you be that person? I don't want you to be me. I want you to be better than me. And that's what I named my company because I feel like we become complacent and our culture, unfortunately, our culture teaches us this company is, you know, th- this land is the land of opportunity. And yes, that's true. But if you don't take advantage of certain opportunities, you just become complacent. You're good with a paycheck. And I'm telling, you know, people when I work with them, you know, if you follow your passion and you follow what makes you happy, the money will come in due time. But don't just be complacent, just getting to, you know, what people say is average or just getting it done because you want to check the box, you know. So, you know, I just think like we need education. One, we need to learn and not and not any education, specifically academic education and financial literacy so that people can make better choices. You know, I know people that are still paying for stuff that their parents did, you know, and it's it's really incredible. And so we need this 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 concept of unity and this concept of familia. We you know, we're Latinos. We grew up as family. We need to re reinvent ourselves and 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 realize that it really takes a village to um, really promote growth, and that if I grow, you grow too. So I think like once you're educated, you kind of lose that you know crab in a barrel syndrome. And I know you know what that is, do you? Well, explain it. No, <laughs> girl. So let me tell you, crab, <laughs> let me tell you, crab in a barrel syndrome is this idea that when you go to the fish market, for example, when you go to the fish market, when you go to the fish market and you buy, let's say you're buying crabs and they're all in a barrel. If you notice the top crab, the top crab will try to, the top crab will try to come up from the barrel and the bottom crab always pull the top crab down. So they all 
they all just submissively hang on the bottom of the barrel and none of them come out of the barrel. That's why they're never tied, the crabs, if you pay attention. They don't need mm-hmm. to tie them. They just tie their claws, but they don't need to tie them because it's sort of like if one crab goes up, then the other one grabs it down. And so it's this mentality of if you can't get it, then I can't get it either. And we're all going to be complacent and stuck where we are. And, and it's really wow. interesting if you look at it like that, right? It's like mind blowing because a lot of times, you know, the biggest naysayers for the Latino professional are other Latinos. Like we are in a, each other's way instead of, you know, getting educated and having this concept of, you know, being educationally free, independent, you know, having the capacity to say, you know, I have a friend that's a lawyer. I have a friend that's a doctor. I have a friend that, you know, can do things or, you know, is working in the community. And a lot of times we are, you know, we become affected by our own circumstance and we, we be, we could become a deterrent to other people that are coming up and that's bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow, that that was so powerful, you know, because I, I always talk about that, you know, the, the idea that, <clears throat> first of all, in the Hispanic and Latino community, family isn't always your first cheerleaders, no. especially in the world of business and entrepreneurship. Absolutely. It's it's the get the comfortable thing here, the, the reliable, the dependable, but, but those ambitions and those seekers, like they've been dulled, you know, they've been like hindered by the people that are closest to you yes. in the Hispanic community. Yes. And it's really interesting because, you know, even in, in politics and, you know, I ran for office and circumnavigating, you know, the political realm, even there, like if you pay attention, a lot of these politicians that have made it to the top usually don't have other Latinos, strong Latinos around them. You know, they get there and they help what they can, but it's really not that predominant because it seems like, you know, in our community, the more you make it and the more, you know, you're excluding yourself from certain circles target now you become you know you become a threat to somebody else and so I think like we need to get rid of that you know in the Latino community we've been cursed with this you know in Dominican they call it guacarataina syndrome right which means that (laughs) if an American born you know Caucasian person doesn't is not represented by it or doesn't certify it then it's not good enough and we need to get rid of that we need to you know really build each other and really build you know, really build powerful connections that can really affect, you know, the world. That's how we change the world, one person at a time. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. For real. I mean, I'm, I'm such a, I'm so in line with that. So how do you feel that we can empower, like, how, how do you surround yourself with those leaders? Like, I know when I was, you know, in my early 20s, the first thing I did was, okay, I'm Googling, you know, Latinas and, you know, looking for mentors. Right. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't, there weren't many that were Hispanic and, and even, you know, Latina magazine would come up and, and the symbolism of what the Latinas represent was so not in line with who I was, you know, where were the Latina leaders in, in that were business savvy that were kind of, you know, looking to help others up. So how do you think or how do you feel we can kind of find those? I mean, I think today's a different world. That was 20 years ago. I'm kind of dating myself a little bit. It's actually not. And you know what? Let me tell you something. You know how we find those incredible Latina mentors? You become them. That's how you find Mm. them. You become Mm. them. And I'm of the opinion that, you know, when I was coming up and I tell this story all the time, You know, most of the influences that I found when I was in graduate school, you know, and there I was, you know, bush-eyed tail, 
you know, young little Dominican chick, you know, bilingual. No one looked like me in that school. And I found a mentor who was a Guyanese woman and, and, a, and, a, and a Jewish American woman who were my biggest influencers till today. They, you know, one of them is, is you know, God rest her soul. She, she passed away. But, you know, I found, I found this, this lady that, you know, was a brown lady that could identify with what I was going through because, you know, at the time I, I went through and, and we all go through this. I went through imposter syndrome, right? So I, I went through this thing like, okay, I'm here. Do I deserve to be here? Like, am, is it me? Like, am I, am I a master? Like, do I know biomedical science and research? Like, is it me? Like, nobody looks like me. And you begin to feel out of place. And my best advice to everybody is, listen, you want to be, you want to find a Latina mentor? You be that person. So that's why I started the nonprofit. And so what I do with my nonprofit, She Caucus, is, um, I just serve as a bridge of resources to other Latinas and I try to be that mentor for people and I try to have people, appoint contact people that are also mentor, you know, mentorship material because a lot of times, and I'll say this again, we look as mentors, like we measure success, you know, on a, on a scale that's not really um, fair. So, you know, success is measured as, oh, you know, you have a six figure job and you live in a house in Westchester, you know? And that's not always mm-hmm. true. You know, success is I'm good at what I do and people recognize me for the work that I do and I'm happy doing it. Success is I have enough to know that if I share, juntos somos más. That's success to me, you know. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing well and my parents who emigrated here from Dominican Republic can say, oh, mira mi hijita with pride because they know that I've never, you know, done anything to tarnish the name and I've always, you know, try to keep my roots high up. And so this is, this is success. How do you measure success? Right. So a mentor to me, you know, was one of my aunts who never even got through, you know, college, but she was smart enough to teach me about the value of caring about people. And she, for example, is a a, a complete, you know, goddess in my eyes. So she is very good at saving. She knows how to save money and she's very good at balancing her finances. And this woman truly she truly um, supports an entire ecosystem of families back home in the Dominican Republic. She just does the monthly drops for these people. And, and to me, that's success. That's remarkable. So that when I go back home, people say, oh, me. And that, that's pride for me because it's like, wow, I came from that bloodline. You know, that pride of it doesn't have to yeah. come from a person that's a professional per se. Sometimes it's somebody who, who's doing the right thing and, and, and knows how to do it well. So how do we measure success? You know, success is, it depends on who we consider a mentor. So for me, that Thea was a mentor. You know, my mom was definitely a mentor to me. My mom taught me the importance and the value of hard work. My mom, my mom gave birth to my brother. And I remember she had a C-section and she went to work five days later because she had to go to work. Like that kind of drive, mm-hmm. that kind of ambition, you know, and the needs of other people coming before her. And that's what I gathered from, you know, from family. And those are those are my my main influences, I guess, growing up because I didn't find people that looked like me. So I challenge everybody and I say, you know what? You want to find a mentor? You be that mentor. Become that mentor, Miha. You be that mentor. Mm. You know, because be grounded in where you are and what you are and 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 how you are because you may not have everything you want, but you have enough. And that's a start for somebody else. 
And you never know if making the right connection can establish a lifetime of networking or a lifetime of opportunities for someone else, you know? So, you know, I'll give you the perfect example. I have a cousin, which I, I'm actually going to put you in contact with, with her when we're done. But I have a cousin who she liked to do makeup. She loved to do makeup. This chick, her thing was makeup. And she she set off a little um, booth in the mall, you know, just doing random makeup sessions for people. And, you know, she started she started growing. She started growing popular. And people were like, oh, my God, I love her. And next thing you know, she was booked beyond capacity and she discovers the world of Instagram and she starts putting videos on Instagram, these little clips. Right. And this is a girl who just graduated, you know, college with a bachelor's, you know, young girl graduated. And, you know, she kind of figured out that, you know, she liked Instagram and that she liked, you know, TikTok and she likes these social media things. She became really good. This girl today is, you know, makeup by Denise. She has over a million followers that just want her every day. And she's, you know, she's made a name for herself. And this is a person who's not a lawyer or a doctor. She's an influencer, an influencer, a person that, you know, that did, does, loves what they do and does it well. I'm so proud of her. You know, it's, it's, it's really great. So now she is, she helps me because if I call her with, a student of mine who's interested in doing, you know, makeup, merchandise, and marketing, she sometimes can, you know, direct the student and tell, tell me like, oh, there's an internship here. They should check this out. Or, you know, so it's a form of connection. You know, we, we have to connect. We have to, you know, we are blessed to be a blessing and we have to keep it up and we have to keep moving and we have to, you know, keep helping and keep working so that we yeah. can all, so that we can all benefit. You know, we got to get rid I love of that. crap out. Yeah. For sure. I, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to forget that. The crab barrel. <laughs> and now every time you go to the fish market, you're going to look down at the barrel. You're like, oh, my God, look at these crabs. They're crazy. <laughs> That's too funny. Mm-hmm. So, so tell us about your background. Tell us about more about Chi Caucus. We want to know about, you know, you're, you're, you've been a professor at Berkeley. You know, give us kind of that, your, your bio, in essence. Sure. Um, so I... You know, I grew up in New York City. I actually grew up in Manhattan, you know, and I was, I went to Mott Hall for the Gifted and Talented in Manhattan when I was a kid. And my dad decides, you know, we moved to Jersey and I was able to do all my university training here in Jersey. I went to Montclair State. And then the woman mentor that I mentioned to you, Dr. Lustigman, she recommended me for a program and I was able to do my doctoral, my doctoral degree. Um, and I finished that in 2009. And I was just young and, you know, working in a lab. I was working on DNA damage and repair on bacterial mechanisms and how they relate to humans. And it was just really nerdy stuff, you know. And I was just like, you know, this is great. But these cells and these bacterial, you know, bacteria mechanisms, they don't talk back to me. And I need the interaction. I need to be helping people. I need to be being the person that I was looking for in grad school. So I decided to apply for a professorship at Berkeley College and I was able to get hired. And it w- it's been the best decision that I've ever made in my entire adult life. So I've been working there for 11 years and I also give back because what I do is I also, the same people that trained me at Montclair then also gave me a job. So I also work in Montclair State University and what I do for the students over there, mainly people of color and minorities is I actually help them achieve their dreams of, you know, attending 
medical school, dental school, PA school, op, you know, optician school. I help them get their packages together and I help them, you know, prepare their resumes and I help them, you know, present themselves sort of like I did with my bio. You saw that beautiful bio? Ha! So mm-hmm. I, you know, I help them do, you know, I help them feel good about themselves and I tell them yes when people tell them no. So, you know, they go to their academic advisor and their academic advisor says, you know, oh, you know, you'll never be good enough because you have an accent, you know, or you're not, you don't fit the persona of a doctor. Well, I tell them, you know what, you can be good enough and you are good enough. And you know what, I am the the proof that you can be good enough and that you're good enough. You know, I did it and I'm here. So, you know, you if I did it, you can do it. So I started to build a, a, a population of folks that just followed me around. And I realized that there was no help out there connecting the dots from from bachelors to graduate school and beyond. And so I became that bridge for a lot of students and a lot of these people so that they can build bridges and kind of look at, you know, well, I have a bachelor's and then what? Because I'm like, okay, you have a bachelor's and then what? You know, let's get these people past the bachelor's. Let's get these people into terminal programs. Let's get these people to be professionals in their fields. Why not? And that's what I'm here for. So in 2018, when I decided to run for office, because I saw that there was a need in the community and I said, a lot of women out here need help and this is really incredible, you know, and I think that we need to do things in the community to kind of help the community where we live and, and I want to, you know, and I want to kind of pursue it. And then somebody said, you know, check out females and what kind of female programs are out there. And I, you know, somebody said to me, if you come up with a name, I think you have a good thing. And I said, all right. So I had a dream, this is really corny, but I had a dream that I got off the train in in Secaucus, New Jersey. And I looked up and I said, oh, just add an H and it's a she. There you go. So I, I yeah, That's so I great. started this, this nonprofit and it was, you know, it's to amplify because I don't want to give you a voice. You have a voice. So, you know, my motto is to amplify the voice of, women you know through education leadership and self-confidence because I think those are the pillars of the of the the continuum in the in the female world that make us successful that if you are a leader and you're educated and you have confidence in yourself you're gonna help others and you're gonna be a bridge to other people who are looking for what you have rather than you know that crab pushing the other one down and so we do work in I'm in Patterson, um, but we do work all over Patterson, Clifton. And what I do is I have an event. I have an annual event, which is a Rico My Coquito. And I have, it's a Coquito tasting event. I saw everybody was doing wine tasting. I was like, I want to do a Coquito tasting. Let's do it. That's a great idea. <laughs> so I did a Coquito tasting and I've done it two years in a row and it's been fantastic. And we've been able to, you know, with that, we've been able to fund projects in the Patterson School District. Um, different projects in science and STEM and, um, you know, developmental ed and, and stuff like that. That's our thing that we do for the teachers. Then we do different things like we do webinars. We do um, we do all kinds of, you know, dynamics. Like um, the other day we had a webinar and it was one of the board members from the Chicaucus team. She's a tax accountant. So she did a webinar on, you know, small business loans and how to get the PPP loans. Um, and then, you know, the other day, one of the other girls, she is a social worker in the public school district. And so we did 
how to navigate your IEPs and your children's developmental needs while you're at home working virtually. Um, and we did it in Spanish. Uh, we did, I mean, we just do, we do dinners for some of the women in, in a halfway house here in Patterson that are about to get released from prison. And we sponsor dinners and we do prayers with them. We also collected items for the people that are coming out of prison. And we, you know, people, I did a drive where we collected, you know, toiletries and items for women. Um, you know, I've just been fortunate because I've just been like, I've been able to collaborate with a lot of people. And so I'll just, you know, and even if it means putting $20 down to somebody's cause and giving it, you know, enthusiasm, you're helping out, you know, more than you'll know. And uh, that's what I've yeah. been big on. So right now I'm in the process of getting my 501c3 because what happens is when I get the 501c3, I want to write grants. And what I want to do is I want to actually say, you know, if there's a leadership conference and, you know, there's women that want to go to the leadership conference, I want to sponsor them. Things like that. That's what I eventually want to do. And I want to have a membership forum, you know, where people join um, She Caucus. Right now they follow me, you know, through Facebook and Instagram. You know, I have a, a nice little following. But then I realized that, you know, what I do with the students, um, the Montclair students, that I help them get to grad school and stuff, I realized that there was a need for that. And people were like, look, I'll pay you to do my resume. I'll pay you to do my professional profile. And I said, you know, I need to start something where I'm doing that too. And it needs to be independent for me. You know, that's for my kids. So that's when I started the other project, which is Be the Better Me, Be Better Than Me, LLC which my name is Melissa, and in Greek, that means honeybee. So I just took from B, B-E-E, better than me, because I don't want you to be me. I want you to be me. So in that aspect, I'm a academic and professional, I guess, coach, and I get people ready for their next endeavor in life. So from point A to point B, let's go. And, um, you know, just keeping this attitude of, you know, greatness, there's greatness out there. We just got to keep working. We got to keep doing things and we just got to keep being that positive voice for a lot of these young folks that have never frankly had that in their own life. You know, they've never had someone to tell them like, you can do this and you will. They've never had that. Yeah. So I love that. That's powerful. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really, and then you see like the student comments and like, I just, I love my students because I feel like that's a bond, bond, but I don't have to discipline you. And I love it, you know? And mm -hmm. I'm just like, well, sometimes I do. I ain't even gonna lie. But, <laughs> you know, like if I know that a student isn't doing the work to potential, I will pull that student to the side and say, listen, you're going to get a D in my class because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And that's on you. That's yeah. not, that don't have anything to do with me. But sometimes that D will be the, best thing that ever happened to that student you know and that's how you got to look at it growth right how yeah. are we how are we growing so right now I'm doing my thing you know I'm uh I've been fortunate I since I got into the political world I've made some some friends you know some person that support my my endeavors and kind of you know help me out financially when I have things that I need to do I have some important people that you know stand by the projects because they know that you know we are geared towards, you know, loving on people, keeping it positive and people that just want to work mm -hmm. with me. And it's like so cool because 
uh, my background is so diverse that I um I've been able to fit where normally they wouldn't have a Latina there, right? So like the other day with the coronavirus, you know, able to do a video for the Spanish speaking people in Patterson where I'm explaining the immunological damage of this virus and what are the potential pitfalls in Spanish, you know, and I'm giving them the talk. So that's like really wonderful. And then I'm a professor so I could do talks on self-confidence, you know, talks all across the board, addiction and obsession, human aggression and violence. And that makes you like, that makes you a, a favorable candidate for a lot of these, you know, for a lot of these talks and opportunities. And that's what I tell my students. If you don't prepare yourself and you're not ready, then you can only check out one box. But if you could check out several boxes, you never know. God can use your talent in many ways. You never know how it's going to come to you. You know, stay mm -hmm. positive, be positive, and don't burn any bridges. Yeah, exactly. Like, how, be, to, going to the political side, how do you feel we can engage more Latinos politically? I mean, what, and what do you feel is missing and what, what we need to do to really get them to show up, first of all, at the voting booths um, or be part of it like you have, you know, it, you know, enroll for leadership training and, you know, enroll for political positions. Um, we have a lot of different, um, there's a lot of nonprofits that deal with that. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of Lupe. Have you heard of them before? Yes, I have. Um, mm -hmm. You know, one of the directors, Sara Peña, is a good friend of mine. Um, and you see, this is what I'm talking about, the networking, right? You got to meet these wonderful people. Lupe, um, they do that. They want to promote, um, you know, Latinas running for office and they have, you know, programs like that and they have programs like, you know, we do and programs like running and they have a lot of programs that are, you know, available for for Latina, for Latina leaders if they want to, you know, come out there and run for office. But I just think it takes courage and it really like I just want to emphasize that, you know, winning elections means knocking on doors and communicating with people. How do you get people to go out there? You communicate with them. You stay in a relationship with people. And I know that sounds crazy, but if you have an election in November, don't start to knock on my door in October. You know, build a relationship with me from January so that I know that, you know, if something happens in the neighborhood, you're on top of it. If something happens this way, you're going to handle it. You know, you're in the public, you're in the public eyes and, and your main focus is service, right? So I think a lot of people, they're not, they're just not willing they're just not willing. Like, they're just like, I, 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 it's too much work. And it really is. If you think about it, you really have to engage on a larger scale and you have to keep, you have to keep the consistency of reaching out to people and maintaining and maintaining the outreach so that come time in November, they're like, I remember Baral. I'm going to vote for her and they'll even do the work for you, you know? So voting at the end mm -hmm. of the day, what gets, what gets people out there knocking on doors and when they see that one of their own makes it, you know, that one of their own is up there, you know, and unfortunately a lot of times we have, you know, situations where people make it and they necessarily, they steer away from the base that made them, you know, who they are, but you never forget your base. And that's, that's politics one-on-one, right? Like you never forget who put you there, mm -hmm. but then you have people like Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez who, you know, started her campaign at a bar, like ridiculously at a bar, like, you know, she started and she stopped, but she knocked on those doors. Boy, she knocked on doors for about two years. I don't know if you knew that. She knocked on doors for two mm -hmm. years, meeting people, getting people. By the time she got to all these doors, she had already knocked on them two or three times. They knew exactly who she was and she got that seat. 
And it was like when it was time to vote, she asked people to come out and they came out and they voted for her. They supported her in numbers. So I think yeah. that's what it is. Like we have to learn the, you know, whoever is going to run for office, that you're not in it for the fame. You have to be in it for the service of the people because the people are eventually what's going to get you there, you know. And I yeah. think that's the commitment. A lot of times, you know, we come from countries where politicians are like rock stars, you know, and they, you know, they earn that respect through, through, you know, through, through being, being politicians or being in those political roles. But they forget about service. They forget about their base. They forget about who got them there in the first place, you know. And I think for Latinas, there has to be this commitment that you're going to do the service, that you're in there for the service of the people, not for the service of self. And I think if we start seeing positive, you know, positive influences and more positive stories coming out of the political realm, people will eventually, more people will run, you know, go for it. You know, more people will go for it. And more people will try to be in it and more people will try to do it. Now, is it realistic? Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, is, does it happen like that? No. A lot of people become disengaged because, again, it's politics. You're in the public eye. Everything you do is scrutinized and everything is a scandal. And some people, they're not willing to, you know, they're not willing to give up their political roles in life to be part of an open book scandal that's 24-7. Everything you say and do captured. You know, and I think I got a lot of that from Becoming. Um, I don't know if you've seen the Netflix special. It was fantastic. You know, Michelle Obama. Did you get to see that? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. It's been on my list of to do, to watch. Fan-freaking-tastic. So she... And she um, talks about you know, she talks about that, and she talks about when he won, and she would say things that were not you know rehearsed, just being herself, and how badly she was criticized. And she said, you know, I had to become this person where I read off a script because if I didn't, he was gonna take a hit politically for whatever I said out from the heart. And I'm like, that really surprised me completely because I was like, wow. She said, I had to live my life under a micro, like under a microscope. Like I couldn't even go outside to the backyard without, you know, people from secret service. Where are you going, ma'am? Like, you know, it's, it's what you give up, you know, and, and, and you really got to think about the emotional, the emotional, you know, toll that that can take on your life, you know? And I think a lot of people like they, they really think about it and they say like, you know, am I willing to do that? Am I willing to give that up? So the politics got me out there and people started knowing my name locally in my city in my town and and it was nice and it's nice you know but then I realized that if I'm doing stuff and I'm you know becoming global with my with my networking and meeting more people I feel like the wave can be bigger you know what I mean and the influence mm -hmm. is big if you meet the right people and you connect and you're helping people so like you're in the service but you're like on the sidelines, like, you know, like, I feel like once you're tied to, you know, to politics, it's, it's, it's a little bit difficult because some people are not willing to give up certain privacies, if you will, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so what's your vision and your mission for like, okay, how would you like to see systems in place? And what, what do you see when you when you say, okay, you know, this is this is my ideal, what I would love to strive for to support women or or the Latino community as as a whole or politically, you know, what would you like to see like as a dream? I would in really essence? like to see, you know, legislation that really is positive for the Latinos. And I don't mean American born Latinos. 
I really do not like the way illegal people are treated in this country. And unfortunately, the term illegal has become Latinized, right? But we both know that we're not the only illegal mm-hmm. people in this country, right? And that really bothers me because I'm like, the, there's a lot of people from other countries, other denominations that are out here, you know, doing it too. And the majority of these people that come and are here are working for a living. They're hardworking. They're putting into the system. And I feel like sometimes there's no representation for these people. And that's wrong. You know, I just, we all came from some immigrant somewhere, you know, we didn't just land here. And so big ups to Gavin Newsom in California, because he was one of the first few governors to say things like, you know what, if they're going to give the stimulus check to people, I'm going to make a fund so that a couple of the illegal people that work here can get a $500 check at least. And he did that. And I thought that was so powerful that he did that, you know, because a lot of times it's like it's becoming and unfortunately, you know, depends on the administration and, you know, who's in charge. It's becoming like a dirty word. You know, immigrant is becoming a dirty word. And it never used to be. I remember that it was like you were proud to be immigrant. You were proud to be like, you know what? I am Dominican-American. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, and then, you know, you had your folks that are like, look, I'm too Dominican for the Americans and I'm too American for the Dominicans. Right. But that healthy balance, you know, that healthy Mm -hmm. balance, that there can be a dichotomy of cultural personality. There can be a dichotomy and it can coexist in this American soil we live in because that's the beauty of liberty and that's the beauty of justice. Right. Seeing things in place would be wonderful. That would be representative for the people that we are looking to serve, you know. I feel like the Hispanic caucus needs to be a stronger presence. Like the NW everywhere, they show up, somebody gets anything done, they show up. And I feel like there has to be that, that voice, that arm, because we are, I mean, there's 380 80 million people here in the United States and we are about 53 million of those people. Pretty soon we're going to be the majority. We're not in the minority, you know, that word minority, that's not us anymore. You know, that's not going to be us anymore. That's not definitely not in the lifetime of our children. You know, it's going to come to a point where that's not going to exist. And we need to put things in place where we're protecting the rights of, you know, the Latino people, the people that are here, the, you know, the people that are willing to do the work and willing to put into their American dream. Unfortunately, that's changed a lot um, um, through the past years, you know. And it's, I don't know if you've seen this, you know, in your culture, um, but, you know, people, are, people don't, we're not looking at America as they used to back in the day. You know, everybody wanted to be here. Everybody wanted to come here. But now with this, you know, new wave of, you know, immigrant phobia, you know, it's like people don't, they're like, oh, I'll stay where I am. It's really sad because this is the land of the free, the yeah. land of the brave home of it all, right? And you really don't, you really don't want that. You really don't. You really don't want that kind of fallout. You know, you want people to be proud of where they come from and take pride in the in a country that supports and values all, no matter what, right? I mean, you want to say you belong to that. And that's what I want to see. I want to see, you know, yeah, things that are inclusive, you know, education that is all-inclusive, you know, liberties that are all-inclusive. And I'm not saying that, you know, if you do something illegal that we have to, you know, give you the world. But there should be a plan for people that, you know, have been here for more than X amount of years and have been putting money into the system. And, you know, you're putting money into a system that forgets about you. I don't think that's fair, you know, and I think we really need to be equitable in our in our pursuit of happiness. 
Yeah. I completely agree. I'm, I'm always, you know, talking about that, you know, and our, our need to, which is why I'm passionate about the politics side, because, you know, you can't make change unless you're, you're doing something where you're able to make a difference in some form or another politically, you know, engaged But you learn the game. You learn the game. And, and, so, and, it's, and I want to call it, mm-hmm. you learn the game. You learn that, you know, you start locally and you learn that even locally, you're not, you're still not making those calls. Those calls are higher up, you know, like it's like, and, and it can be yep. defeating at, at, at times because, you know, locally could be a mess, even though federally is okay. You know, like it, it really depends on where you streamline your efforts and how you plan to do that. You know, how you plan to carry out those efforts. Yeah. So what's next for you? Like what's what, you know, I, I know the development of she caucus and more and doing and what, what's like, what's your next plan, especially during this, you know, crisis pandemic, yeah. you know, whatever you want to call it that we're going I'm gonna through answer that and experiencing like, mm-hmm. like uh, pinky toe brain to take over the world. Um, my, my, my Amen. I want to keep giving seminars. I want to have workshops. And, you know, I want to eventually be out here doing interviews, making more connections. And I want to get my name out there because I want to be able to be that bridge for so many people. Like, for example, if I have a student that wants to do, you know, wants to have their own podcast, now I have you as a contact. I'm like, hey, they have questions for you. And that's the kind of person that you want to be. I want to be, you know, the person that, that influences the new generation. They're the future. That's how we change the future. You change the new generation. And you're there for them. You know, and I want to be that person mm-hmm. for these people. I want to be, you know, a prolific educator that is motivational, that helps people be better than themselves, that we're not just stuck. What we learn from our parents is work, 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 and they'll be at the same job for 45 years. There's nothing wrong with that. There's dignity in that. But why not better? Why not better? You know, and, and, and it's, it's mm-hmm. that pursuit, and I want to keep chasing that pursuit, and I want to help people on a larger scale, be more grand and do the best I can to really promote, you know, this aspect of education and back to education. Cause even politics back to education, you don't know who this are. You lose more than you gain when you open your mouth sometimes, you know? So that's really important too. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, like you, I, I love your energy and I love your spirit. You know, I love everything about what you're saying. This is such powerful information for, you know, our listeners. What, um, so how do, tell us about how someone can get in contact with you and how they can follow you and all that good stuff. I'm on Facebook as Melissa Barot. I'm the one from Patterson, obviously. I'm also on LinkedIn. So with LinkedIn, I am Dr. Melissa Barot. I also have a Facebook for the organization, which is She Caucus. I also have a Facebook for Be Better Than Me, which is B-E-E, Better Than Me. Um, And you can catch me through there. Um, I'm really quick with the responses. So if you send me a DM, I'm able to respond pretty quickly. Um, The email for my organization is SheCaucus, just like the name, at gmail.com. And I'm pretty much available through LinkedIn. I mean, we found each other through LinkedIn. It's not that hard to find people doing stuff on LinkedIn, you know? And Mm -hmm. it's really important that we... That we keep that momentum and that we push that that spirit of sisterhood. And I appreciate you so much for calling me and getting this done. I do. 
Thank you so much. I, I appreciate you, you know, and I appreciate all that you're doing. And, and that's why, you know, I notice I notice things and it's like, you know what, this is somebody that's after the mission, the greater mission of really impacting lives and making a difference in this world. Thank and you. I commend you for it. And I'm grateful to be connected with you. And I look forward to Absolutely. more things that we Absolutely. can do together. I'm at your and service. Anybody I, out there, somos hispanos y unidos somos más. Así, Unidos así es. Más. En la fuerza, <risas> en el poder y en la unión está la fuerza. Y tenemos que mantenernos, mantenernos firmes. That we are Hispanic and we are American. That you can have a dichotomy of both things. And it doesn't mean that you're any less or different than anybody else. Bam. That was beautiful. Perfect <laughs> way to end. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Sandra. I love you. Thank you so much, Melissa. I'm here for you. We will. You too. Take care. Doesn't matter. You see all the programming I do, and you want to do a show. Will do. I'm yours. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Gracias.